Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Canal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. I hope you guys are doing well wherever it is that you're listening to this episode from. Today, I am really excited about this guest. A lot of you might know that I absolutely love spending time with the ocean, listening to the ocean, and just like taking in a whole bunch of vitamin C while, you know, just taking a moment to just like reflect and really just like realize how important of a role the ocean actually plays in our lives and that, you know, every second breath we take is because of a healthy ocean. So today's guest, it was such an absolute honor to actually have him on the podcast and, you know, talk about his journey. And yeah, let me get right into introducing you to our amazing guest. And he is a musician an environmentalist focused on helping people to actually connect back to nature through immersive audio and visual experiences. He is the chief sound explorer at Embodied Sounds and the creator of Sounds of the Ocean, which supports mental wellness and ocean conservation efforts around the world. And during this episode, we take a look at the importance of actually connecting to nature, the therapeutic and healing roles that sound actually plays in our lives, as well as taking a deep dive into Joshua's Sounds of the Ocean. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Joshua Sam Miller. Hi, thanks for having me. You are most welcome. I am really excited to actually talk to you today. And I'm sure our crazy birds are going to know why when we start digging in. But you've got a really amazing sound to it. And I mean, a really great journey as well. So can you tell us a little bit, like, how did your sustainable journey actually start? I was traveling uh, in my mid-20s really started to build a deeper connection with different ecosystems and environments around the, the earth and noticed just how polluted a lot of beaches were and a lot of dive sites were that I had visited as a, as a child growing up a scuba diver. And it really left an impact on me. As someone who loves to travel, I started to think, um, wow, this is, this is not okay. And we really need to, to do something about it. So those kind of formative years were in my mid-20s and maybe even a little bit earlier when I was doing a lot of traveling and seeing things firsthand that most people just don't see. I mean, traveling for me has been such an eye-opener, you know, when you actually go to some of these places and see either how pristine some of these places are or how polluted they are and also just how different countries do things different. So where are you currently based now at the moment? I'm currently based just outside Berlin in Germany. 
live um, next to a lake and try and really have a minimalist consumption and sustainable life, which uh, I'm really happy that you can achieve here. Oh, that's amazing. And I mean, there's so many like zero waste places in Berlin itself, like as well. When I went there, it was just phenomenal to see all of these amazing initiatives that's there. And also, yeah, living, living dream life, it seems. I wouldn't mind for that as well. Just before we get too deep in this conversation, I have to take a moment and actually just like say congratulations, because I heard there were some, some wedding bells that rang. <laughs> <laughs> or is going to rain. Yes, so, thank you. <laughs> congratulations on your engagement. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. And I mean, our crazy birds at home is, or wherever they are listening to this, is probably not going to see the video, but I can see there is some instruments behind you. And <laughs> start us off with that. Like, where did your love for like music kind of start? Oh gosh, what a great question. And beautiful journey of life, which has been the answer. Yes, behind me, for those who can't see the video, I have my clarinet and also my handpan, which are two instruments that I play a lot these days. I'd say my, my journey with music started very, very, very young. I was actually nicknamed by my sister and some of my other relatives as the king of all noises and could <laughs> pretty much make a sound with anything. <laughs> I was very experimental and have always wanted um, to make sounds that I don't think are so common. So I actually built a drum set out of paint cans in my father's basement in the, wor in the workshop when I was a teenager and would bring that around and play with friends and stuff and be jamming and having parties and stuff like that. So. I was very musical as a child and very much connected with rhythm. And I actually wanted to study percussion in school, but growing up in the United States, I'm originally from New York, you have to pass an audition to be a drummer. And I, I failed the audition. I was uh, going into third grade and I had to take a listening test and I failed. They said, sorry, we, we can't accept you forward in this path, we recommend you play clarinet instead. And that's what I started playing. And so for a long time, I was um, mostly focused on playing music in orchestra and band, kind of growing up in American public school system and playing percussion at home with my friends. Then when I kind of got a little bit older, I didn't really see music as being, you know, my path for a career. And I didn't really see it as something to take too seriously. It was more something I did for fun. And so I pursued a career in filmmaking and kind of put music aside for a little while. And then it really wasn't until about 10 or 12 years later that I started to come back to it. And it found me again when I was a bit more receptive and open to hear in, in a new way. Oh, that's amazing. I absolutely kind of love that journey. Just kind of on a side note, I have to ask this. Your family, did they support you when you were making all those noise? You know, like, were they like, oh, we think you're going to be a musician one day? Yes and no. You know, I, I was lucky to be supported by having the instruments and having uh, my family regularly 
purchased them, you know, as gifts and things when I was a child. But I don't think they necessarily appreciated the loud drumming so much of the time. So I was often, you know, in a room with closed doors trying to just kind of keep it down. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm definitely going to mention this to my family because I remember when I was little, I absolutely loved playing guitar. I was really not that great. So my guitar like disappeared quite a lot when I was little. So I didn't have time to practice as much. So I could maybe have been, you know, a successful musician if, you know, I I was able to actually keep my instruments. (laughs) That's right. And I think a lot of people have that experience. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm actually quite shocked these days when I play live at our concerts. People often tell me, I used to play the clarinet. I used to play saxophone. I also play sax, which I've just started in the last year. And it, I feel like for a lot of people, it brings you back to that time where maybe you did play an instrument and yeah. maybe haven't for a while. And Exactly. I'm Well, I might in the next year as a new skill go back to starting to play the piano again or maybe the guitar. So yeah, you, you might have inspired that. So how many imp- instruments do you actually play? Well, I'm so happy to hear that. And I definitely would echo for anyone listening to definitely give, give it a try. You know, if, you, um, if you're interested and want to get back into something, that makes me very happy to hear. And I hope you do play. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You know, I don't really keep track of exactly how many instruments, but I can kind of list a few of them. You know, we have the winds, the clarinet, the saxophone, percussion as kind of the bass. And in the family of percussion, that's a a large list of instruments. I've been lucky to study music from many different world lineages, including um, the Afro-Cuban traditions, Indian uh, classical music, and folk music from Pakistan and India, congas, African, West African percussion. That was something that really, really lit me up uh, when I got back into music uh, about six years ago. I was playing in a West African drumming group. Wow. So I've kind of been like a very global, globally inspired musician, really learning from the masters of many, many traditions and kind of blend it all together in, in an approach that has come through me. So it's it's hard to list them all, but I'd, I'd say probably, you know, over 15 or 20 instruments would be familiar to me. Oh, gosh. And is there a favorite one? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, I, I think the clarinet is one that I've built the deepest connection to and just brings me back to where I started, you know, as a, as a child. So I'm going to have to go with the clarinet on that one. Awesome. And you've done some amazing stuff. Our Crazy Birds can actually listen to a few things. I think there was a few tracks that's on Spotify that I saw as well. But you are actually the creator of Sounds of the Ocean. I would love you to tell us more about it because, yeah, it, it totally blew me away when I started listening to it. So, yeah, please tell us. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. And it's an exciting time for Sounds of the Ocean. It's actually the third year that we've been offering our concerts and are about to release a live album on World Oceans Day to help people really connect with life underwater. And that's what this project is all about. It grew up in 
the San Francisco Bay Area in Santa Cruz and Monterey when I first heard recordings of humpback whales and dolphins and life in the ocean. And as a musician, I was so inspired by what these creatures sound like that I started to listen to them and record music, compose music that would kind of support what they have to say. The whole approach to this project has always been to really let the whales and let the dolphins be the, the lead singers of the band, so to speak. And I've, uh, yeah, been very happy to be traveling this around the world, performing in music festivals and yoga studios to help people relax and really feel a deeper connection to themselves and also to the ocean. And what we found is that people really like it. People really love the ocean. People really love whales. And there's something about listening to these recordings that helps with relaxation, with stress reduction, with uh, building a more mindful and you could say meditative experience, which is so critical for sustainability, in my opinion. Then from that place of really feeling nourished and feeling, okay, I'm, I have space, I, I can hear myself, I can feel okay, we invite people to think of small changes maybe they're willing to make in their life to inspire ocean action and conservation to keep these waters clean. And so it's been um, really exciting to be building this project and inspiring both people to feel better and also have an impact on the ocean that, that will last for hopefully many generations. And I really think, you know, it is so crucial for people to kind of feel that connection because you won't really do anything unless you actually know what you're currently doing is not correct or it's not sustainable or it's actually harming the environment, you know. So people will kind of go with their day as is. But, you know, once you know that whenever you go to a restaurant and you refuse, you know, plastic water bottles or single-use plastic straws or anything, that it has such an impact. You know, it's not just that decision. It kind of continues. And then that leads to another thing and another thing. And yeah, so it's really, it's really so amazing. And for your music and things, and our crazy birds might not know this about me, but I actually love listening to the ocean. So when I was in high school, I kind of, you know, lived close to the ocean. So for me, I always loved, you know, going to sit on the beach and actually just like listen to the waves. So whenever I was in a situation that I couldn't just like, you know, go to the beach and actually sit and listen to the ocean, I would play Sound of Waves or whatever on a playlist so I can hear the ocean when I'm sitting and writing or thinking about something or just want to like sit and have a moment and have a, you know, a cup of tea or just like do a little bit of yoga and some meditation. I kind of love that. And, you know, that's one thing when I actually listen to your sound of the oceans, it really like takes me back to that. And just hearing all of that just calms me so much. And it just gives me that kind of deeper appreciation to that there is just so much in the going on in the ocean, like so many animals that I've never seen, so many sounds that I've never heard, you know, like under the water, you know, you sometimes like how many people has actually heard a blue whale, like literally under the water. That was for me such an amazing like journey, kind of listening and going through your music as well. 
Oh, wow. I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned the blue whales in particular, because those were the ones that really captured my heart, honestly. And when I first heard them, it, it's such a low frequency, such a, a deep vibrational resonance that I was in California at the time. And I kind of felt like there was um, maybe an earthquake happening. I was like, wow, this is really intense. And I asked my um, my colleague at the aquarium who, who introduced me to these recordings, like, was that the whale? He said, yeah, that's the whale. So it was really powerful. And it's, of course, been something that we've incorporated into the compositions to make sure the volume of those whales is low enough to not trigger that feeling of, am I okay? Because, you know, we want people to feel really, really good. But I tell you, these um, these creatures make incredible sounds and sound travels 10 times faster underwater than it does above water. It's very noisy down there. A bit of our project also is raising awareness around noise pollution in the water and how um, essential it is to keep these acoustic habitats free of, um, you know, our own sounds that we create from ships and exploration of different kinds and, and things like that. And a quick shout out to the source of all the recordings, which comes from the Monterey Bay Aquatic Research Institute. And we're very, very lucky to have them in existence, recording and researching for the benefit of really the entire planet, in my opinion. A lot of their work and research has gone into influence policy to change where ships are actually allowed to go to keep certain areas of the ocean more quiet. In the last few years, especially when coronavirus came about and global shipping reduced, the number of whale song increased dramatically. So when, when we do keep that in mind, the marine species, they come back. They come back to habitats that have been made a little bit hard for them to access, uh, which I find really interesting as a musician. I mean, that's amazing. And like, yeah, the guys in Monterey is doing, it's such a phenomenal work. When we were down there, you know, we kind of just like had a glimpse of the stuff that they're doing and it is just like mind blowing. And when you kind of touched on the blue whales, I can't help but like mention the lonely whale. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the lonely whale story. So obviously mm -hmm. it kind of transmits at like 52 hertz. So it's yeah. totally a different frequency than the other um, blue whales. So it can't really sing the song or people like they, they can't respond to it. So it's really like actually such a sad story. So I created like a sculpture to represent the lonely whale to kind of, you know, tell that story. And one of my very dear friends, that's also a fellow artist, she actually shared that story with a lot of autistic children back in South Africa. The thing that kind of really touched me from that, there was one of the children that actually, you know, afterwards came out and said that, you know, he feels like that lonely whale because, you know, he struggles to communicate with people to have his voice heard. And, you know, that kind of, you know, brings me back to so many times, you know, we, we as humans, we're also kind of in that situation, the same as the lonely whale, like, you know, 
you talk at different frequencies and, you know, sometimes it's really hard to find, find that like connection or just like the same vibration than, you know, other people around you even. Absolutely. I love that film and story of the lonely whale. I've definitely probably felt like a lonely whale at different times in my life. So I think we can all relate to that on, on deep level some, somewhere. I think it, in this area of thought, I, I can't help but think of kind of the difference between feeling alone and loneliness, you know, and there's, I think there's a difference. And as, as an artist, um, one thing that I didn't really expect when I started working in this genre or, or this pathway in, in life was how much time I'd be spending by myself. I remember my sister kind of told me about that. She gave me kind of a heads up because she works in the arts in New York and works with a lot of uh, young musicians. And yeah, music is a very lonely path uh, in, in a way, especially when you're a solo musician, which I mostly am now. Though I do love playing with ensembles, of course, it's amazing work. But you have to be comfortable spending time by yourself and that can be a challenge at first. And that's okay. That's that's part of life, I think, is becoming more comfortable with that time that you have just on your own. Certainly traveling and spending time in nature and listening to nature have all been um, experiences and practices that have helped me kind of work through that initial anxiety or stress when I, when I was given those times in, in my life. Now you're saying with like sound and music and um, all of these effects, and I'm sure there's loads of, of our crazy spirits that might feel, you know, like sometimes, yeah, I do feel like that. I can totally resonate with what you're saying. How would you kind of say sound can actually play like a, you know, like kind of a healing or therapeutical role in our lives? What a great question. There's there's so much um, research that's happening right now to really investigate that at a, I'd say, a, a deep level. You know, there's, there's something you were speaking to before that I think is connected with this. It's, it's about understanding frequency and vibration and resonance from a new perspective. I think that's really helpful for someone who's maybe just starting to think about how sound can play a more therapeutic or healing or medicinal role we could say in life and picture yourself like when you when you see someone or you are with someone who you love that lights you up and you just feel that kind of energy from within you know lifting you and it's a felt connection it's not something that you're thinking about or that you were maybe planning to experience that day it just kind of it happens sound and music is kind of like that sometimes and when you're open to that and, and kind of available and receptive. I tell you, the kind of connection that is possible through just making sound, first of all, and then listening to the sounds around you, it has the same potential to create that feeling of resonance, I'd say. And I think we all would agree that having more love in our lives is a better uh, way to be than, than less. And if sound can help us with that uh, process, then I think it can play an incredibly therapeutic and 
healing role in our lives by just connecting us to that frequency and that energy of love. Well, it definitely sounds like there's some whole bunch of love coming from the other side of that mic as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I, I absolutely love that. And you've just done so many things with your music and you use like your music as like almost like a immersive like audio as well as like a visual experience to help people to connect with like nature. Can you explain how you guys do that or like, you know, just give our crazy birds some sort of like visual if they were seeing and experiencing what you do? The Sounds of the Ocean project is probably the the main way that we do that right now. And we've been really lucky to have a lot of artists now contribute to this project in multiple art forms. So we're using the sound recordings, of course, from the ocean, mixed with live music that's been spatialized and really designed to immerse you in that soundscape and have directed a visual show to accompany the music and really guide you on that inner journey. The visuals are a combination of footage of the creatures that we're hearing, mainly whales and dolphins, combined with visual art that just takes you to a new place. And immersive technology is so uh, robust and doing so much right now in in the world, especially for a lot of people who are at home and maybe um, not able to go out, you know, as much as they used to. And we really hope that we can through all of this, bring the ocean to people where they are, especially for those who maybe will never get the chance to scuba dive or are a little bit scared or just not really in their accessible uh, range for many reasons. We hope that this show and this experience can create a similar effect of what scuba diving feels like when you actually go in the ocean. Maybe that will reduce the amount of people who who are going in the ocean, which is also good for sustainability. So we're experimenting with that right now. It's kind of a hypothesis and we'll see what the impacts are, but I think that we have a good chance there. Yeah. I had the absolute honor to actually interview Dr. Sylvia Earle and, you know, she kind of spoke about how it was when she first started diving and, you know, how it is today. And, you know, I was just like blown away of like all of this changes and how she's saying that, you know, some stuff's actually coming back because, you know, in the last couple of years, we haven't been as active in the oceans. So, yeah, so there is hope. We just need to continue on that path. Why would you say it was really important for you to create awareness around the ocean? Like why specifically the ocean for you? So many reasons. I mean, I I just had a very deep connection to the sea, I think, getting to grow up a scuba diver. And then, of course, developed an interest in surfing. I've always been a swimmer. So I've been engaged with the sea throughout my life. And it's been there for me. It's been there when I have not been feeling so well and I needed a place to go to relax or to, you know, just wash it all away. Surfing really changed my perspective, I think, on life in general. And I started to really see how things, you know, tend to come in waves. I'm sure we've all had that moment where life is maybe a little bit 
stagnant for a while and then all of a sudden everything happens at once <laughs> and i couldn't think of a better metaphor for surfing than that because you could be sitting out there on your board waiting forever and then all of a sudden 10 great waves come and you have to be ready so it uh it's it's held a, a deep i'd say space in my life of being a place that i go to to feel better and as I started to think about what I want my, um, my music to really be about and what I can contribute as an artist, it kind of just became a natural link. You know, I, I didn't really have a plan necessarily to, to merge them together. It just kind of happened and felt really, really good to be of service in that way. And slowly just kind of built it from there. It's been a, a lifelong journey. And I also remember when I was a kid, my um, dad really feeling relaxed when we were diving. And he would say to me after we would uh, come back to the surface, I feel like I was floating in outer space. And <laughs> wow. I just remember that. So I remembered how calming the ocean has the potential to really be for us. And we've got to protect it. So. Well, I'm sure if our crazy birds can take any vitamins today, it would be vitamin C and go and spend some time at the ocean and just like take it in. And then maybe you'll get some vitamin D as well. So like, you know, two for one kind of special, get some sun and get some sea breeze as well. I think that's so important. And yeah, it just like gives you that like perspective and also appreciation. Like every single time I stand next to the ocean, I just look at the ocean and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm actually so small. I am literally like not even a grain of sand, like size wise, when it comes to comparing yourself to the ocean. And I mean, there's so much that we have not yet even discovered about the ocean. So it's just phenomenal to, to really see that and to also know that, you know, every second breath that we actually take is because we've got a healthy ocean. So, yeah, I just really appreciate all the work that you are doing and, you know, to kind of raise more awareness on that. And I mean, we've got World Oceans Day in June. So if people can just do like one thing, you know, have a have a listen to your newly release items. Hopefully uh, it will be released by the time the podcast comes out. Otherwise, they can be sure to follow you. We will definitely link all of that up in the show notes as well. I guess I want to mention also if, if people are looking for ways to make changes, you know, in their lives on a small scale, we, uh, we partner with an incredible NGO called Oceanic Global and have actually created a set of uh, basic tips, 10 basic tips to create ocean change that are available on our website at soundsoftheocean.com. And I really encourage anyone who's kind of curious, okay, what can I do? This is such a big topic. This is such a big issue and I'm just one person. Well, there are things you can do and please go to the website and check that out. And we will be actually donating all of the sales of our album for the first couple of months to Oceanic Global to support their work because we're just so inspired by what's coming out of that agency and are very excited to be at World Oceans Week in New York coming up and releasing the album on World Oceans Day, which is June 8th. So we also have some events. If you happen to be in America, please check out the website and 
we'll hope to see you in person. Oh, that sounds all fantastic and a huge congratulation on that. I mean, there's been an absolute, such a big amount of work that has gone into that. And yeah, so well done on that. I'm sure it's going to be a huge success. And Crazy Birds, we are going to link to that top tips as well for you in the show notes. So show notes, all the links, don't have to worry if you're driving and you're like, hang on, I need to get that website going to be in the show notes. Relax, just continue listening. Okay. (laughs) Think of the ocean. (laughs) So about our crazy birds and music instruments. So if some of our crazy birds are like, hang on, you know, I've just listened to this podcast with Joshua and I was like, you know, thinking about bringing out that old clarinet or guitar or piano. What advice would you give them if they want to, you know, get back on playing or if they actually want to start, you know, journey in music, being so inspired by you, of course, today? That's a great question. I, I would say to anyone who, who feels called to pick back up an instrument to allow yourself to be a beginner, especially if you're an adult, especially if you're past the point in life where you might identify as a child, allow yourself to be a child. And if you're our child, really allow yourself to be a child and just have fun with it and be playful and experiment and allow yourself to probably initially, if you're getting back into it after a while of not playing, kind of try and forget almost everything that you once learned that wasn't helping you want to play. Remember the reasons why you did want to play and start there. And really approach it from that perspective would be my, my best advice because all of, the, all of the technique, all of the rest of the skill that you might have that is, is still in there just might take some time to come back, but you have to want to play. That might mean only playing for five minutes and then not playing again for maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. But allow that process to really come back naturally and just don't force anything. Such great advice. And if you guys do decide to pick up that instrument, why not take a photo, a video, whatever you feel like, and make sure to tag us on social media. I would love to see that. So we'll have, again, the links in the show notes. So you you know which one. I, I would love to know if someone's actually going to pick up something. I might even surprise you guys. <laughs> but yeah, Joshua, you are also the host of a podcast, and it is called the Embodies Sound Podcast. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. Yes, it's, um, it's such a pleasure to be a guest on someone else's podcast because I do spend a lot of time hosting uh, the Embodied Sounds podcast. And this project is all about how sound can play a healthy and uh, supportive role in your life. And I've had the pleasure of interviewing um, experts who work in music, in science, in the healing arts to understand what, how, what they do really helps people. It's fascinating. I I love it. You know, it's really just a way, as I'm sure you enjoy as well, to just have great conversations with people who are your kind of um, role models, I'd say, in life. So I, I, uh, yeah, I I love doing it. And we have um, a few episodes up on all the places where podcasts exist. So 
if you're interested in that topic, please check us out. Oh, I'm definitely going to link all of that up. And yeah, I mean, it is amazing. And I mean, with even with my journey with the podcast, when I look back at some of the people that I've interviewed, I'm just like mind blown because, you know, some of those people who I actually have interviewed, I can remember when I planned out the podcast, I was like, who's my dream guest? And, you know, I had a few of them on my list and I was like, whoa, you know, I actually got to interview them. So it's really fun and it's amazing to have these conversations. And, and, you know, obviously it is just great having this community that actually plug me in their ears every single week and or every single second week and just like kind of listen to what it is that, you know, I'm passionate about and that they're passionate about. So, yeah, so good on you as well for doing that. So I'm definitely going to link up to your podcast as well, guys. So in the show notes where you can find everything. Joshua, like what is next? You've kind of touched on World Oceans Day. That's like a big one. And yeah, what what is next? Beyond World Oceans Day, we are going to be part of the World Oceans Conference that's happening in Lisbon this summer. And we'll host um, an event on July 1st that will be officially a side event of the conference and be at the Lisbon Planetarium, which is going to be incredible. So anyone in uh, in Portugal, if you have uh, an interest to join us or want to come to Portugal, you're, you're most welcome. Yeah, just continuing to share this project in new formats. We've uh, also created a short film and that will be distributed this year through film festivals uh, and next year maybe a long form film. So we are developing new ways for people to connect with this experience that are not live and are excited to really get this to more uh, more ears and, and eyes than we currently can. It's amazing. And one of the things that I kind of wanted to ask about as well is that like whole yoga experience as well. Like, is there anything that you're going to be doing upcoming with that? Because I think that's really awesome. And I know there's quite a lot of yogis that's listening and like going like, hang on, wait, like what's happening? Like, is there anything coming up for that? This practice actually is rooted quite deeply in the lineage called Nada Yoga. The yoga of sound is is what that translates to. Just listening to the album would be a very, very nice yoga practice to add to maybe one's existing yoga practice. We will be part of a few festivals in Europe and we'll be doing our first performance at a wellness center that has speakers underwater and you can do aqua yoga whilst traveling through the music. So uh, we hope to do a lot more of that and combine the elements of water with movement and sound to bring that yoga practice and awareness into people's lives. That sounds phenomenal. So Crazy Birds, do keep an eye on Joshua if that is something that you will find mind-blowing because I think it's going to be absolutely uh, phenomenal. So Joshua, what would you say has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? Hmm. I would say to spend as much time as possible in nature and just commit to building that into my life. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Any of our crazy birds, I would urge you, you know, this week, just like, 
take a moment. I mean, if you, if the closest you can get to nature is literally grass in the park, you know, even if it's a small little patch, you know, go and do that and see if you can't just actually find a nature park or anything close to you. And, you know, just like have that moment. Cause I think that is so, so important. So thank you so much for that. Hey guys, before we dig into the final five, just want to take a moment to say thank you so much to all of you crazy birds that's actually gone on wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. If you're on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever that just like took a moment to give some feedback on the podcast and, you know, rate and review. I've been receiving a lot of them and I'm just like so thankful for them. And today I actually want to just like read one out from Romania. Thank you so much, Rostifer. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. And he just commented on his review saying that, you know, I love the collaborative experience given out to the public as well as the educate them on the importance of sustainability. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, I would love to hear from you. It really just helps the podcast so much to actually grow. The more reviews we get, the more people can actually see us, the better and the bigger our impact can actually be, uh, you know, spreading this message that is so much needed in the world today. And I thank you guys for being such a crucial part of that. So now let's dig back in to the interview and head over to the final five. What is one social media account or publication that you follow? I try and spend as little time on social media as, as possible, but um, I've been really inspired by a, a lot of ocean sites. No surprise there, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a great one. I have to just put up on my phone here. I probably need to follow more publications. I mostly just follow friends and other musicians. But um, yeah, I, I would say really the keeping with the theme of this conversation, the Oceanic Global social media account would be a recommended channel to check out. Awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? My hope for Mama Earth going forward is that we all do what we can to reduce our consumption and live a more sustainable life. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to actually help out Mama Earth? Stop consuming plastic as much as possible. And if you really want to help out, reduce meat consumption as well. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people that are not yet on a sustainable journey? I would say that over 70% of the earth is ocean and between 50 and 80% of all life on earth exists in the ocean. Wow. That's a, that's a new one that we have not had yet on the podcast. So that's a great one to have us all think a little bit more and also to make sure that we protect our oceans more. And Joshua, where can people actually find you? So the best way to connect with me would be on my website, which is joshuasammiller.com. 
and the same on Instagram and Facebook, LinkedIn, if you're a pro. Yeah, you can send me a message there and reach out anytime. Awesome. And we are, again, going to link all of that in the show notes, Crazy Bread. So you can just go there to actually find all the links on the podcast website. Joshua, thank you so much for being such a phenomenal guest and for doing all that you are uh, to actually help our oceans and for just making some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music that, you know, I can also use to relax and go back to my happy place without actually leaving any room. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you and really enjoy the conversation. You're most welcome. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guest for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the MamaEarthTalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them. And I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes. So if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next, maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes, why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them? Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms And they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best way to get in contact with me would probably be a DM on Instagram. You can either send it to my personal, which is at Zero Waste Mariska, or the podcast, which is at Mama Earth Talk. Or send me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday. So make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.